to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Schaefer, and with me here is Shelby Betts. And then also we have a special story today. We're going to hear from Anna of Liquid Gold Concepts, uh, a story that is really unique. Uh, one of the one of the only <laughs> clients in this industry that we actually get to serve, which is going to be a lot of fun to hear from her and uh, and where they're going. And so, uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, this afternoon to to talk with us a little bit. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet. Um, tell us a little bit about your business, um, what you guys are currently doing here, uh, and uh, we'll we'll kind of ask you some questions along the way. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Anna Sadovnikova. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Liquid Gold Concepts. We specialize in creating active learning experiences for healthcare professionals and parents in maternal and child care. And my um, story, both professionally and personally, really dovetails with the work that we do at Liquid Gold Concepts. About seven years ago, I started out as a public health graduate student, not really sure what I wanted to do with my career. And I learned about the, uh, the Liquid Gold uh, breast milk uh, that parents produced and all the nutritional benefits that breast milk and human milk has for infants. Um, and I was really blown away by how little we know about how and why human milk does what it does. And also about um, just the lack of emphasis and funding both in the United States and around the world on promoting and supporting breast, chest feeding and lactation. And uh, for the last uh, six, seven years now, I've been pursuing um, a dual degree uh, as a physician and a scientist, an MD-PhD, studying hormonal regulation of milk production at UC Davis. And I've also been the uh, CEO and, and co-founder of Liquid Gold Concept, uh, of course, where we specialize in the public health and education approach uh, to improving breastfeeding outcomes. Anna, so this is where the story gets fun and interesting. Um, you know, when we started like having conversations with you, we, we just laugh and joke because our owner, Matt, he was just like, oh, so their company works with boobs. We like boobs. And, you know, we just laughed. But you know, if you go into Liquid Gold's website, you see, um, you know, lots of pictures of real, like looks very realistic um, like breast simulators, there are these models. So I'm kind of curious and obviously want to hear why you started the company, but also curious of like, how did you, you know, when did you realize there was a need for, um, you know, learning and training based around like actual living breasts? I think my only, like my thing that I think about is taking like CPR training. If you've right. ever done CPR, if you do like the infants, you get this tiny little dummy and you just hope, man, I hope I never actually have to perform CPR on an so infant true. because I don't know if I'm going to kill this baby, you know, right. I don't know if you've ever done that, but so I'm kind of curious on, tell us a little bit about the simulators. like the, Right. So what you just described was kind of my exact story. I was in medical school learning all of the different clinical skills from communication, CPR, trauma, everything there is to know about uh, medicine. I was learning in a simulated environment before they let me see real patients. And uh, simultaneously, I was building my um, kind of clinical expertise to become board certified in lactation. And I remember looking um, in the lactation field to see what could I use just like in medical school, uh, to practice my lactation skills. And I saw sock puppets. I saw plastic baby dolls from Toy the Rust, back when Toy the Rust was around, um, you know, crocheted breasts. I've had people um, 
blow up balloons and draw a nipple on them and use that to practice breastfeeding skills. And I remember turning to my team and saying, you know, we can probably do better than this. Uh, Jeff, who's the chief technology officer at the company at the time, was building uh, neurosurgery simulators out of silicone. He's like, yeah, yeah, we can do better than this. <laughs> um, so um, our, you know, research and development efforts between 2015 and 2017 were really centered around creating the most lifelike lactation simulator um, that, you know, not just lactates, but also can engorge, has different nipple shapes and sizes, comes in different skin tones, and represents a diversity of different clinical conditions that um, breastfeeding and lactating parents are experiencing. Um, and 2017 was kind of the year everything changed when we first demoed um, our product at a lactation conference. And it was the first time that I saw the reaction of this field to our work. People's jaws were on the floors. People were walking by me like, why are, the, why are those girls with their breasts out? Like what's happening? Because they didn't realize that we were wearing silicone products. Um, and since then, it's just kind of has been a whirlwind developing one product after the next and shifting our um, focus on realistic active learning experiences into the online learning space. So you're an incredibly brilliant person that works with incredibly brilliant people. And I'm not even going to pretend to actually know anything about uh, any of this other than, you know, I have four kids myself, so I've kind of lived through some of this stuff uh, <laughs> with my wife. But at some point, even, you know, in, in medical school, you're learning and learning and learning. It, there's, there's always a, more than one path you could have gone. What made you go the route of, you know what, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to go open up my business and we're going to approve this out uh, instead of just going, maybe, you know, I'm going to go get a job somewhere. And even in, in kind of a similar field, what made you go out on your own to do this? I was never on my own. Um, I was always with a team of co-founders. Um, there were four of us when we started, and now there's 50 of us around the country working on this. So it was never just me. Um, definitely need to set the story straight on this one. Um, I have been the kind of medical person, potentially with kind of the crazy strategy ideas, but there are uh, brilliant people that work with me who get the job done <laughs> and contribute uh, scientifically, intellectually, you know, from business model standpoint. Um, so my job as a CEO has been to always be ahead of the curve in the breastfeeding medicine field and to guide the, the direction of the company strategically, understanding kind of what the field wants and needs and um, making sure that the rest of the team kind of understands the elements, whether it's related to the, the why, why do babies need to look this way or breasts need to look this way, and the how, why does this need to feel like this, why do we need, how do we incorporate a curriculum that works, kind of the, the research aspects as well, as well. Did you always, like growing up, did you, was entrepreneurship in your blood, in your DNA, or was this just something that it just really hooked you when, uh, you know, in, in grad school? Um, so I was born in Russia uh, just when the Soviet Union collapsed. And my, um, I think I owe a lot of my uh, grit and entrepreneurial spirit to my parents who would, would definitely say they are not entrepreneurs, but they have a lot of um, that kind of in, embedded into their genes. My dad is a physicist and he um, went to the library with his poor knowledge of English would write out letters and fax them to labs and jobs around the world in the hopes of getting out of Russia to get a job. And the, the letter he ended up getting was in Canada saying, come over, we have a postdoc position. He left my mom when I was six months old, 
got the job, got established. She came over. They had one pair of jeans between the two of them in the beginning. Um, so, you know, a lot of those stories growing up um, were, I think, are part of the fabric of who I am in terms of like, work hard, you get through it. But I've also been handed a lot um, kind of on a silver platter. You know, I grew up in the Bay Area in the um, in Silicon Valley. My dad is an engineer there now. Um, and so I've always been supported by my family to uh, create and to follow my passion. I've been in, I'm a professional student. I get paid to go to school now. Um, so I've always been really lucky in that sense that I um, have some of that kind of embedded inside of me, but also just come from a place of privilege to be able to do these kinds of things um, uh, on the side, but also as a, as a career and as a passion. I love that story. That, that's amazing. Uh, a lot of hard work along the way. Yeah, uh, that's that's really impressive. So you mentioned in 2017 is when you guys went to to kind of your first show and, and got a lot of good reception from there. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, that was four years ago now. Um, how has running the business and, and, and the, the, what you guys are doing, how has that changed and shifted um, in those four years? Right. Um, in 2017, we didn't really have uh, employees or staff. Um, Sam, who's the chief operating officer, who I know you know and love, um, she was our first full-time hire. She was an intern at the time. And we said, you know what, Sam, how about you run the business? I'm pregnant and I'm going to need to take maternity leave. But how about you learn everything there is to know and just keep running the business? Um, I'm really grateful that Sam took that offer um, because uh, ever since she joined um, kind of as chief operating officer, we've started to implement processes in place to really streamline the operations of, of, our, of our work. Um, and in 2018, um, with feedback from customers, we realized that we needed to expand um, our product line beyond um, what we were offering. So we, we were really focusing on the lactation and the, um, the, the complications associated with lactation. And our customers were coming to us and saying, well, what about a baby? Where's your baby? What baby should we get? What about all the other uh, nipple shapes and sizes and conditions? You know, can you just, can we have interchangeable nipples on this uh, lactation simulation model? That mm, technologically, that is very challenging. We won't do that, but here's another product for you with um, different nipple shapes, sizes, conditions. And let us apply for a grant from the government and work on getting a baby doll um, developed. And so that's what we've been doing for the last uh, couple of years. We launched our breast health training tool in um, different skin tones that covers over 50 different clinical conditions uh, related to breast cancer, peri perimenopausal health, um, lactation, prenatal health. And then we um, last year received a SBIR phase one award from the NIH, the National Institutes of Health to develop a newborn simulator that is very lifelike and can be um, brought to the breast of the lactation simulation model to simulate different latch positions, deep latch, shallow latch. Um, and now we, we just applied for phase two funding. Um, and in that we'll be developing an animatronic baby doll that uh, responds to different breastfeeding cues. So, you know, we put the nipple here, it'll go, ah, and try and go for the breast. Um, so it'll be, it's very exciting to be, um, merging my skill sets, right? With, with my MD, PhD, I'm also grant funded to do research more in the genetic genomics of the mammary gland, but I can use those skills that I've learned to transfer to the company and use that to apply for grant funding to fund company work, uh, which has been 
just a very unexpected and exciting merging of my two worlds. When did you guys, you know, so obviously you, you know, you're focused on innovative products and it sounds like you have no competition period. So that's exciting and nothing like dominating the market with like top of the line products. But when did you guys decide to also start offering like the simulation? So you also have this learning component. Was that a product of pandemic? Were you guys kind of moving in that direction? You know, what was that shift and what's the story there? Right. So, um, a lot of our work is inspired by our customers, the nurses, the lactation consultants, families um, that come to us and say, okay, great products. How do we teach with them? Give us a curriculum. And for a very long time, um, you know, we had some case scenarios that we wrote up. We had um, worksheets that we were developing. Um, we were getting a group of um, clinical lactation experts right as the pandemic was starting to develop um, like multiple choice questions to go along with the product. And then uh, I will never forget this day, it was March 12th, 2020. We, it was the day that we learned that we got a really, really good score on our um, baby grant from the NIH, the SBIR. We were very ecstatic. That was also the same day that the uh, WHO announced that we now have a global pandemic, yeah. same day. <laughs> and you know, around that time, sales of our product started to decrease because everyone was closing up shops, money was disappearing. And um, kind of the world as we know it um, was going away. Um, and I remember talking with Sam, uh, brainstorming what we're going to do because the company was not huge. You know, we had a handful of full-time employees. Um, but you know, what do we what do we do? Do we do we kind of wait out the storm? You know, some investors that I was talking to saying, "Ah, COVID, don't worry about it. It'll go away real soon. We'll be back in business in the summer." <laughs> Um, and then others are saying, no, buckle in, apply for the, the paycheck protection uh, plan and, and kind of get that in. So almost within the, the period of a couple of weeks, we realized that we needed to adapt and use the resources that we have and kind of solve multiple crises with one solution. Um, you know, crisis one is we want to make sure people can use our products effectively. Crisis two, COVID-19, how do we make sure we stay afloat and in business? <laughs> and so that's how the um, on-demand telesimulation program was born. Almost immediately, we had our first beta customer. I'm part of a lot of different Facebook groups with physicians. They're always reaching out, asking for the latest and greatest in education. And I responded to um, our now collaborator and colleague at Michigan State University who said, hey, is that, does anyone have virtual patients? Our clinic shut down and we have a breastfeeding medicine elective for medical students and we need patients. I have something. I didn't have anything at the time. I had zero things. But I said, you know what? Three weeks from now, you will have a variety of standardized patients to choose from. You'll have three case scenarios. This is what I think they're going to have. What do you think? <laughs> and they were ecstatic um, by this opportunity. And really, over the course of a couple of weeks, we hired standardized patients from across the country, trained them, shipped them lactation simulation models to wear, um, developed evaluation instruments, validated this whole process, had a bunch of clinical experts um, try the, the case scenario and engage with our actors to see if it's realistic, if the case flows well. And that's kind of how it was born. I mean, it was really amazing to see what we can do with no resources. <laughs> in a limited amount of time when there's a deadline approaching. Um, that was really, like I think- didn't sleep for three weeks. No, we didn't. Yeah, it was the first time I think that I realized just what we're capable of when put to the test. That's awesome. 
that's just the, uh, hey, you know what, we're going to figure this out. Oh, let's just go for it. And yeah. worry about the details down the road, but this is, this is surely going to work out. Right. And it's been really amazing to see the growth of this solution over time and how we've really reconfigured the company around it because um, it really is kind of the solution that we've been dreaming of. I've, um, as a medical student, I really enjoyed learning with the standardized patient actors, right? It's a very realistic experience. They cry, they get mad at you. Um, they can, um, you know, you can do a lot of different clinical skills with them, but in a virtual setting, you know, there's pros and cons to that situation. You can't, you know, I have students coming into the, the video call, washing their hands and doing a breast exam like this. And then the standardized patient will give them feedback. It's like, you know, this is a telehealth setting, right? Like you're not going to do this in a telehealth setting to do a breast assessment. So it's been really wonderful to teach students. We have medical students, physicians, lactation consultants, nursing students from around the world who are doing this program and learning how to provide best possible care with just their words. And that is a really, really tough skill to learn how to do. But once you can do it um, in a telehealth setting, you bet that you can do it um, in person as well. That, it's, it's really incredible to see the growth of our students over time through our program. That's amazing. What, what, what's your favorite part of your job? <laughs> My job is ever changing. Um, we just doubled our staff last month. So I, I have a new hat. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's been, um, I really love learning new things. I think as the CEO, um, there's never an end to how much I have to learn, especially now that I've hired a lot of really um, brilliant people who kind of are senior level in the company who have experience doing all the things. Um, and they'll come to me with a question. And it's like, Anna, you decide. <laughs> tell, me, tell me if this is okay and I'll go do it. And I have to adapt really quickly and um, do my homework on the side and make sure that I understand what it is that we're doing. And I think that's the exciting part. I'm, I'm, I get bored really quickly if it's the same thing over and over again. And as the CEO, the, the learning never ends. <laughs> so I think that's what I enjoy the most, being challenged. Here's, here's my trick. Whenever people come to me and say, hey, Mike, what do you think about this? I need you to make a decision. I always look at them and say, you know what? I think that you're smart enough to figure this out on your own. Exactly. <laughs> I've started words, saying I that no lately. <laughs> it's like, it, I trust you. <laughs> you're going to do what is the best for the company. I trust you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I have no idea what, what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. So you guys have grown at a, a rapid pace. I mean, doubling staff in a month is terrifying. Uh, is, is a big deal. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that you guys are taking the approach probably because of your business, but you're hiring people. You guys are, are in Michigan, but you're hiring people all over the country. Um, right. You guys made that shift. Obviously, you, you know, you're not just hiring people that are local. What are some of the challenges that you faced with, with bringing on those remote employees to do in some ways, remote training, remote work? Mm -hmm. um, not a problem. I'm in California. So I've been in California for my training for seven years and the company was started in Michigan. So I have been, we've been doing, we have been doing virtual work this whole time. Uh, I used to go make the trip out to Michigan before COVID and, you know, work with the manufacturing team, make sure things are, are looking and feeling well. Now I just get things shipped to me. Um, but it was a very, it's been a very natural shift 
um, or natural progression of the company. Um, we're very comfortable with the virtual space we lack to communicate. Um, I will say that as the company has grown, it is interesting that there's, we keep bringing on people who, who I think are gonna make really good friends if they ever meet in person. Um, Cause we, you know, because we just, it's so fun uh, in our Slack channels. Um, and we've been really working to improve some of the communication um, between our um, employees and, and staff and consultants. We created like a water cooler Slack channel to help people just share just, you know, their events in their life. Um, but we, we do have, um, I mean, I think we have fun we, and we try and bring people together from different parts of the company on a regular basis so people can meet each other and contribute to the, to the growth of the company and share their different perspectives and what makes the most sense for the next step. You've alluded to this a little bit, but, you know, if they're, you know, an entrepreneur is listening to our conversation and they're thinking, okay, maybe I should consider some remote hires. I could find the exact talent I need, but maybe they're just not in my you know, city or state. What would you say to like how to just approach culture building? Like how do you generate that sense of like mission behind the business and getting buy-in from people who you're not seeing or, and haven't even met, you know, personally? Yeah. We're really lucky in that the mission of the company speaks to a lot of people. Um, a lot of the people that we end up hiring have a personal story attached to their reason for wanting to work with us, um, whether it's just improving maternal, child, women's health, or they have their own kind of personal breastfeeding experience. So um, we tend to recruit people who, have, who are intrinsically motivated, um, but then there's also project management software. So. Trello is free. <laughs> um, and for some people, that is really helpful to kind of stay organized um, and to make sure that they're on task and understand what, what's happening um, and what is expected of them. We've also learned the hard way um, to set expectations ahead of time. Um, for example, never having sold B2C um, anything. When we started um, the telestimulation experience, we became approved as a provider of continuing education to lactation consultants. And we thought the floodgates would just open and people would come pouring in wanting access to our um, product. Um, that didn't happen last summer. We had a kind of a trickle. And I kept telling my actor, don't worry, like business is coming. Like, hundreds of people have liked my post. Um, so setting expectations ahead of time and maybe doing a little bit of research and doing smaller pilot projects to kind of make sure that employees or staff consultants are um, aware of what's going on and kind of where the business is at. Um, we've instituted, you know, all hands meetings to make sure that new hires and just, you know, folks that have been around, been around for a while are aware of what's going on and get excited about what the company is doing, where we're at. Um, but you know, not everyone is going to fit with the culture and um, better to rip that bandaid off sooner rather than later instead of letting someone um, just develop feelings of resentment over time. And we've learned that the hard way as well. I mean, we've had, I mean, dozens of interns go through with us and, and many, many different employees and consultants. And some people have stuck around for the long run and others, I mean, it just didn't work. And I think recognizing that ahead of time and having direct open conversations with the individual, super, super important to keeping those bridges unburned. Yeah, absolutely. Anna, what's next? Where do you have so next, yeah, um, we're in a really exciting growth phase as we've alluded to a couple of times. 
Um, we do have international distributors um, in over 35 countries. So learning how to work with uh, distributors, um, promote their success, um, and uh, scale up our manufacturing operations to meet the demands of distributors. That is a big emphasis on the manufacturing side. On the telesimulation side, we are launching a new program that opens up access to clinical lactation training um, around the world. So it's a virtual clinical lactation training accelerator program. And if that works, um, that will be kind of um, an enormous endeavor with, uh, you know, rivaling the largest lactation training programs in the country right now. Um, so that will really put us on the map in terms of kind of the gold standard for clinical lactation training worldwide. Um, and that will also require kind of scale up of operations, hiring more actors, making sure our quality control standards are there. <laughs> um, so that's, that's really the next couple of months for us right now is um, getting to a place where we can just be, you know, really make sure that we are understanding um, the needs internationally of, of learners and customers, because we've been pretty focused on the U.S. up until this point. And we are now venturing out into kind of unknown waters. So it's going to be an exciting new chapter. That is exciting. So if we were to fast forward this 50 years from now, 50 and years. you could <laughs> put words to the impact that your company has on the world, what, what, do you, what would you hope that would look like? Mm -hmm. um, 50 years is a long time from now. Um, I can tell you, you know, in five years, we are, um, our, our goal is to make sure that 25% um, of all first-time parents in the United States have been trained with our product and have been, have been given education with our product. That's so about, um, you know, a million people um, every year. Um, and uh, we're going to be worldwide. Um, we're already in 35 different countries, but being able to, you know, when people think of what is the best possible training in clinical lactation I could get. I want um, our company to be top of mind. So a lot of that is kind of building brand recognition um, and confirming with uh, really good evidence, right? Strong randomized controlled trials that learning with our products and our solutions actually leads to a measurable improvement in breastfeeding outcomes. That is kind of in the pipeline for the next five years. And now zooming, zooming 50 years forward, um, I think we're going to be doing more than uh, lactation training. Um, we all have already started moving into maternal mental health. We have our uh, uh, newborn simulator, uh, so that's pediatric health, uh, breast cancer um, and emergency uh, services. We're kind of, you know, have case scenarios built out around that. So I can see us um, expanding our approach, which is lifelike simulators that you can kind of touch and feel and they function realistically combined with this um, really high quality online learning environment, I can see us expanding that into other fields in, um, in health and really becoming the dominant player worldwide in active learning experiences for healthcare professionals and parents. Well, that's exciting, Anna. I am really excited for your success that you've been able to experience over just these really few short years uh, so far and really excited about being able to partner with you guys uh, as an accounting firm and payroll provider uh, to watch you, your continued growth over those next 50 years to get to that place. And so thank you for coming on with us. We really appreciate it.
Thank you so much for your time. This is great. Absolutely. And uh, just let, let our listeners know if they have questions, where can they get in contact with you? Uh, they can go to our website, www.liquidgoldconcepts.com. And they can also email us at info at liquidgoldconcepts.com. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Anna. I really appreciate it. And for all thank the listeners you. out there, really thank you for joining us uh, this afternoon to hear a story that is probably unlike any other that we've ever had on this podcast, <laughs> but also interesting nonetheless. So really appreciate you guys subscribing to our channel. And if you have uh, any questions, you can always reach us at one step better at patrickaccounting.com. Thanks and y'all have a great day. Bye.